This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast, session number 92. One question to ask yourself. Five, six, seven, eight. Hi there, and welcome to session number 92 of the Dancepreneuring Studio. I'm so happy you're here with me today. My name is Annette Bohn, and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the podcast where dance inspires life and business. I get to guide you on this journey of transformation that I've experienced, inspired by dance, life, and business. And I also get to bring you some of the best and creative minds who are connected to the art of dance as they share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. Coming up in our Step to Success segment, and the beat goes on. In our Dancer's Dialect segment, find your groove. In our Freestyle Flow segment, don't finish what someone else starts. And in our feature presentation, one question to ask yourself. Thank you so much for joining me. Some people sing in the rain, others dance in the rain. I say, why wait for the rain to dance? I'm Alex Cespedes from the Project Book Podcast, and you're listening to the Dancepreneuring Studio with my good friend, Annette Bone. It's profitable to be skillful and wise. Welcome to this week's Step to Success. A step to your success is anything that moves your life and your business forward. Whether it's an app, a book, or an idea, and in this case, it's a resource, you can apply something today that will help you succeed. Finding music for your YouTube videos or your advertising or promotions that you're doing can get a little tricky in terms of copywriting and that kind of stuff, or it can be very costly. However, this resource I'm going to share with you called Jewel Beat that I've linked in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 092 solves that challenge. And it's either free, whether they're background music effects or sound effects or music, different themed music, you would just have to give credit to the source, which is Jewel Beat, or it's $2.99. So it's very cost effective to add that special touch with the music and sound to your projects. And now, Life and Business Connect with the Dancer's Dialect. The Dancer's Dialect is the dancer's language. I share dance terminology and concepts across different genres so you can see the correlations in your life and in your business. I've been taking a lot of hip hop and choreography classes lately in the last couple of weeks, not a lot of ballet and contemporary. And I do try to mix it up a lot, but there are just, I don't know, I, I felt like I really wanted to focus on choreography. And so the word for today in the dancer's dialect is groove, finding your groove. And I've linked a video in the show notes at annettebone.com forward slash zero nine two about about old school groove now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is old school, but I think it applies to new school grooves too, because you have to have that natural rhythm, that natural, you don't have to have it. I just think it's really important when you're doing hip hop and, and uh, more of the commercial urban 
street dance styles that there's a certain groove and each style has a specific groove. House has a certain groove. Hip hop has a certain groove. Whacking. All of those styles have a certain bass groove to it. And I think it's finding where you're comfortable in that. And of course, you want to learn the technique and the foundation of it. But there's that feeling that comes with it, that your natural groove that comes with it, that is so great to experience when you're in a class, or I guess if you're dancing at a club, I don't go to clubs, but I used to a long, long, long time ago. But uh, it just it feels really good. And so with the hip hop and choreography classes I've been taking, and the teachers have just been so amazing. I just I'm so thankful. I love it. And them emphasizing the groove and the foundation of that groove. It's been really enjoyable for me. So check out that video. I think it's really important to find not only your groove and dance, but finding your groove and what makes you move in your life and in your business. And now anything goes with Freestyle Flow. What's on your mind today, Annette? Completing things. There is such a great feeling of satisfaction when I'm done with a project and I can say, I'm done. That was great. Let's move on. Let's get on to the next thing. I love that. However, I know that there are some things that are not meant to be finished. And there are definitely, well, there's definitely one thing that doesn't need to be finished. And that is someone else's sentences. I'm guilty of it too. (laughs) So I was reminded of this when I was at a Jamba Juice recently before dance class and I ordered my usual wheatgrass shot and ginger shot, which are so yummy. And the gal, when she took my order, asked if I wanted an orange slice with them. And I said, yes, of course. And so when I was served those shots, the other person, I asked her where the orange slice was and she wasn't listening so she said oh the juice is already in there and I had not asked for the juice I I don't know if they automatically put it in there but the slice obviously is separate and I told her that I understood that however and she kept she didn't even really even give me a chance more than that to to explain and she said she kept I think she was just stressed so I should have probably been more empathetic with that because it was a bit crowded and she was probably just stressed and and trying to get her job done so I do get that you know now that I think about it I I I relate to that I like getting things done too so I would recommend really trying not to finish someone else's sentences and give them the freedom to express fully because you don't know what they're going to say it might be completely different than what you think. And so that way you can respond better and respond more appropriately to the situation. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. There's a first time for everything, right? When you think about first experiences, there is such emotion and such tangible things that you feel when you go back and relive certain things. Now, granted, of course, some of those things are not pleasant and you don't want to always go back there. But I think there's a huge lesson to be learned for future first experiences. And I hope in sharing a couple of my first experiences with you that you can take from it what is positive and apply it to future first experiences. And I will end with the one question that I think is important to ask that will help you gain a better experience from another first experience. So (laughs) some of these, oh my goodness, I am, 
I don't know if I'm going to share. I guess I will. They're written down, right? So I might as well just just go for it, right? So I remember the first time jumping into the deep end of a swimming pool, and I didn't even really know how to swim. I was with a friend. This was Tripler Army Hospital, this big pink hospital on the hill on the island of Oahu in Hawaii. And I don't remember how old I was, but I was trying to teach myself how to swim. I didn't take swim lessons. So I it was a process for me. I kind of would watch people and I don't know how you would practice, but just getting in the water and that kind of thing. So I didn't want to show that I was afraid. (laughs) So I jumped into the deep end. Luckily, I was by the wall. So I was able to reach for the wall. But I remember gasping for air, you know, when you're, oh, my goodness, when you're trying to gasp for air when you're swimming, and you can't get it. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is just crazy. And when I reached the wall, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad I have the wall here. And I can spit out this water and breathe. And I was choking a little bit, but I thought, oh, you know what? That wasn't that bad. I can do it again. So that first time jumping into the deep end of pool, especially since I didn't really know how to swim, that was a little terrifying, but I'm still glad that I did it. And now I do know how to swim, which is a good thing. The first time I left my parents to go, I think it was a week or so with my relatives who lived in Nevada at the time. They came and they drove over. I was living at Texas in Texas at the time. And I still remember sitting in the car as my parents were waving to me, and I was trying to suppress tears and not show that I was emotional about leaving my parents. That was the first time that I had been away from them. And being a young little girl, it's like, oh, gosh, and I was trying to be strong. I still remember sitting in my seat and, and that internal emotion I felt of, I can't show that I'm about to cry. <laughs> so, but then I was, as we drove along and I got to my relative's house, we went to their house in Las Vegas. And I thought, this is, you know, I was with my cousins and I thought, this is not too bad. I knew my parents would be coming anyway to come get me. And so that was interesting. My first time away and just maybe it was just because I was young and I didn't know, but. Oh, I still remember those. It's so interesting how tangible you can feel things when you imagine them again. And so (laughs) that brings me to another first time of taking a dance class and how excited I was and putting on my leotard. And even though I felt kind of uncomfortable in it, because I just, oh, it was kind of an exciting feeling, but also a I hate to say shameful feeling just because I was never comfortable in my body that way. So I was excited, but just the first time taking a dance class and then going back home and being really excited about it, but then being really discouraged because my parents telling me, well, we really can't afford that. And so immediately my mind thought, okay, well, first I want to practice these new steps that I learned. And then second, I thought, okay, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to find a way to take these classes, even though my parents said we can't afford it? So my first dance class was still it was mixed emotions, but still, for the most part, it was great. So I really am thankful for that because I was able to think beyond, well, we can't afford it. So it got me thinking about other ways to be able to fuel that new passion of mine that, of course, is still my passion and has been for many, many years. My first time taking a yoga class, this was almost a year ago. I haven't been doing it that long. And it was with a friend of mine. She got me into her 24-hour fitness under her membership to come take this class with her. And it was a flow class. And 
I wasn't familiar with a lot of the terminology. I still am not familiar with a lot of the terminology. And I remember doing the low push-up and thinking, oh my gosh, I really need to work on my upper body strength, trying to figure out the flow and the positioning. And there wasn't a lot of time to explain that. The room was cold, but I was glad to be there because I thought I've always wanted to do yoga. And there was such a stigma about it, about just weird perceptions of it, different people's opinions of it. And I just listened way too much to that. But now experiencing for myself, I love it. Love it so much. It's helped my dancing. It's helped other areas of my life. And so my first time taking yoga was pleasant, but it made me want to learn more and to do more and to get stronger. So it motivated me and it was a great experience. And plus, I got to spend time with my friends. So we got to do it together, which was great. From there, I went to take on my first uh, Bikram yoga class. And that was really hot. And seriously, it's it's hot. It's a hot room. It's done in 105 degrees with about 40% humidity. And it is warm and it takes getting used to, but I am addicted to it now. (laughs) Bikram and also other forms of yoga that are fusion and that are heated, non-heated, flow. Oh, gosh, it's just amazing. So I love that. First time taking yoga has led to many, many, many yoga classes and learning and growing in that area. The first time that I heard that my dad wasn't going to make it when he got sick. And that feeling of shock, it's almost surreal when you go through that when you are experiencing someone close to you that is dying or about to die when you're when you're aware of it when it's not sudden or an accident or anything like that. And just that choking feeling, I, I, I actually can kind of feel it in my throat right now, talking about it, but I think it's important to talk about because we have emotions for reasons, for good reason. They're they're a guide, they're an indicator, they're signs, they're triggers. And so the first time that I heard that my dad would probably not make it and I need to fly to Hawaii to see him for one last time was, was difficult. And um, even though we didn't have that great of a relationship. He was he still he was still my dad. And it was hard. But I knew that he wouldn't be suffering much longer. And that I could still see him for one last time. So I would say just remember the positive aspects of any relationship that might have not been so ideal for you. And to cherish those part of the memories and learn to appreciate the differences in other people, even if you don't agree with them. Okay, so let's, (laughs) let's go on to something positive. Okay. So um, my first time, which is exciting and scary at the same time was speaking at a live event. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this wasn't so long ago. This was in September. This a uh, couple uh, not a couple months ago. It was last month. It's October now. And just how excited I was to get out of my comfort zone because with this whole dance journey getting back into dance and and this whole journey it's been incredible. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone because I'm not trying to be a public speaker. And so let's go. <laughs> let's do this. So I was so thankful that I did. I was nervous, of course. I Oh, gosh. But I'm so glad I did. I met some great podcasters. But the first time speaking, I, I felt like I was going to choke. <laughs> I was out of breath toward the end because I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, but I'm so glad that I did it. Another new experience. And I learned from it. And so that's what I love about these first experiences. You learn something. You always learn something, whether it's positive or not so positive. And then 
Another positive thing was the first time performing after not performing for 20 years. Wow. I can't believe I did that either. And actually, I was kind of pushed into it. I didn't decide this completely on myself. Well, I guess you could say I did because ultimately, I'm responsible for my own decisions. So I was able to perform last year around Christmas time for the and it was a solo. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't even in a group piece. And I'm so thankful for the song that was chosen for me, the choreography. I really felt it was appropriate for that part of my journey. And uh, I realized how much I missed being on stage and that kind of thing, even though it was a short performance. But I'm so glad I did it because now I don't have a regret about that. I, I just I can't say enough good things about first experiences. And when you are trying things, new things for the first time or going back to things that you haven't done in a long time is the one question I would ask yourself is how can I take the positive emotions that I've experienced and apply those so that I can grow from the next experience? My question to you is what first experience have you had that has helped you grow the most in your life and in your business? I would love to hear about it. And you can go to AnnetteBone.com forward slash 092, where you can also find the show notes to this session. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would really appreciate it if you went to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. That way I can continue improving the podcast and give you a shout out on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I really look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.